I spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious mergers and acquisition specialists around. And now I've decided to take the leap into buying businesses. The real questions are how will I do it? How much of the behind the scenes can we really show? And how can business owners like you maximize their purchase price and build generational wealth? This show is going to give you the answers. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we buy, sell, or merge healthcare businesses and physical therapy practices. I'm Dave Kittle, and this is The Dave Kittle Show. Hey, welcome back to the show. Today, we are speaking with Ignacio Fanlo. We are going to be talking about topics such as accessing accessing smarter revenue streams for your therapy practice, overcoming the challenge of high turnover for your best trained and valuable employees of your practice. And if we have time, possibly breaking free of the high cost of marketing to patients who are your loyal, loyal to your practitioners and maybe not loyal to your practice. That could be a big problem. And if that therapist or that provider leaves your practice, that could be a big issue. So Iggy, welcome on the show. What's going on? Hey, Dave. Thanks a lot for having me. I'm really excited. I really enjoyed our little conversation before this, too. I, I, mean, I could have gone for another hour, but you know, I, know, I know it. I should have recorded that a little bit. So you're the founder of Cloud MedSpots. You can check them out, cloudmedspots.com. Basically, a physical therapy practice owner, yeah. if they have an empty space in their in their practice, they can maybe make some extra money for this. You have a model, software, whatever. I don't know if it's going to be a good fit for them, or maybe it could be a great fit for them. But it's kind of like the hairdresser model of whether you own the real estate or maybe you lease, you re, you know, like you're a tenant of real estate with your brick and mortar physical therapy practice. There are different challenges, as I mentioned in the pre-interview of like reimbursement and payment and staff and therapists asking for higher payment and compensation. And, you know, so labor is going up, salaries are going up, there's inflation, there's, you know, higher interest rates, there's all these operational pressures for physical therapy practices. Yeah. What are some ways that they can maybe learn from this and maybe get an edge on their situation or or look at their situation in a different way? Yeah. Well, so Cloud Medspas is what you said. It's a platform for people to take medically appropriate space and turn it into money. And we use the, the vertical of medical aesthetics. And I got there, like you just said, through hair care. Now, maybe this applies to physical therapy. Let's riff on that a little bit after this. But Basically, in hair care, that's what happened. And I couldn't believe the stat. It's got, got, it's probably what got me on this journey that 2018, and it blew me away, 92%, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, I'm not making this up, 92% of hair salon locations in the United States did not have employees. They just rented the chair. Now, why did they do that? And why should we all do it? Because they realized they were getting the raw end of the stick. They were spending the marketing dollars. Now, maybe that was rent in a great location for foot traffic. Maybe it was old days yellow pages. Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's SEO. Maybe it's a nicer website. Whatever the marketing mix is, you put it in as the owner. Now, what you hope is that you get the lifetime value. You generate the lifetime value of that customer. You see it with Starbucks, Home Depot, McDonald's. Amazon, whatever it is, they market, they get the custom Netflix. But in hair care, what happened and what happens in aesthetics is the owner, the med spa owner, puts the marketing dollars in. And guess what? The loyalty isn't to the spa. It's to the practitioner. And that was 100% true. The salons figured it out. And they go, what are we doing? This is a Sisyphean task. 
We're going up that mudslide. Just keep coming back. Call an uncle, and I'm just going to rent you the chair. Those customers are yours. I'll have less. I won't have HR costs. I won't have marketing costs. I won't have the best ones leave, and I'll just make money as a landlord. That's what we enable at Cloud Med Spas and Aesthetics, which is a much more complicated, no, not being pejorative to hair care, you know, it's scissors and some tools, but there's not the regulatory environment in terms of medical directors, malpractice insurance, neurotoxins, which are controlled substances in the United States, energy-based devices, scheduling. It's much, much more complicated. And we've done that. We went on a podcast a little over a year ago, and we were doing it for a couple of our own sites. And people came to us and said, how do I do that? This is a much better mousetrap. And now we've got more than a dozen, I think about 14 or 15 locations from Beverly Hills to Chicago, North Carolina, Atlanta, that are using our model, our software and services to take their medically appropriate space and lease it out, rent it out by the hour, by the day to people who can use the space and also get the products wholesale. We do everything for them, everything for the landlord. In fact, we have a dentist in North Carolina. We have a entrepreneur who has nothing to do with aesthetics in Chicago, and they take their space, they lease it out. We can get products to them. We can get machines to them. We can handle everything except for two things. They get the real estate, and they get the providers. They're much more likely than us in a you know, hyper-local environment to be able to attract those providers. So I went on for a bit. We can talk about physical therapy. You know, you mentioned it jogged in my mind. Physical therapists could certainly take their room and offer it out to medical aesthetician, uh, medical aesthetics providers, nurses, physicians, assistants, even doctors in their space, provide all the tools to all they have to do is bring their patients and they rent those rooms out and generate cash like an Airbnb for their space. So, so yeah, let's go on that example. So physical therapy practice owner, let's say they have one extra room available. Right. What are their options? They would have to find someone potentially, like if there was no, and I know there's physical therapists out there that watch this and that, that know me, yeah. and they rent yeah. space, they rent space to personal trainers, massage therapists, maybe yeah. chiropractors, other, yeah. or even other physical therapists that have yeah, like yeah. their own independent yeah. shingle, right? Yeah. The only reason this one might be better is the margins and the gross dollars are so much higher in medical settings. And you can't, you know, for these other massage therapists, you're just putting a table out there. There's no neurotoxins and fillers and getting devices in there. And we can handle all that. You just have to get a, a few. If you have one room, it's probably three, four, five providers renting by the hour. With our model in New York, you can easily get $100 an hour for a room. It's ridiculous. So, so let's say this. So a physical therapy practice owner, whether they're in New York City or elsewhere, let's say, first of all, do they have to be the owner of the real estate or they could kind of sublease this out? Is that a sticking point at all? They can sublease it out as long as it's allowed by, as per their original lease. We obviously created it that way and other people have done it that way. But yeah, no, they just have to have the legal capability to sublet it out. But it's weird. It's It depends on the state law. So a lot of times, you've probably seen this in Airbnb with New York, you can't do certain time lengths. So if you're renting it out by right. the hour, I think it's fine. I don't think you can lease it out for like a year unless it's, you have the ability to sublet. So renting it out for a short period of time is more services. So it depends, right. but I don't want to be the lawyer. But yeah, yeah, check with your lawyer. It depends on the lease agreement, like you yeah, said. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. So, okay, let's say I have a physical therapy practice owner buddy in New York City that has an extra room. Yeah. They would be the ones paying a membership to you, right? To Cloud Med Spa? No, there's no membership. There's an upfront cost. It's not trivial. It's 10K. But after that, there's no fixed cost. No fixed cost. We just would take 8% of rental revenues. Now, you could do the products. You get The other beautiful part of it is the products prices you get are so low that providers will be attracted to you. Our prices are 20, 30, even 40% below the price an individual practitioner would have to pay because of our scale. So providers are attracted because you can take a handling fee. You can't charge 10 or 15% more than you're buying it from us, but you can charge 5, 8% as a handling fee because you have physically take possession of it and have it available for them and store it. But you can make money there. You can make money on the rent. I mean, the typical break even on space is it's a ridiculous utilization rate. It's like five or 6% to break even. Only 5%, 6% of the hours you have to break even on your real estate. And if you can rent it out 20 or 30% of the time, it's just a money machine for the landlord. And the landlord doesn't have to generally, again, or, pay- or, or, or the leaseholder. Yeah, yeah. They, the, yeah. Well, the, the physical therapist you're talking about who has the extra room, again, I don't want to play lawyer, but they generally don't need to get malpractice insurance because they're not practicing the med- medicine. The individual provider has to be an LLC. They have to have their own medical director. The patients go to them. They check out the patients. The physical therapist is not checking the patient out. So they're not involved in that either from an information standpoint or a transaction standpoint. So they're not involved in the procedure. That's typically the way the legal setup would be. Now, again, I don't want to play lawyer, but that's the way we've seen it in every location we've we've been party to. And then again, you talked about it. Maybe this model, this software can be applied to physical therapists. Generally, you create a space and you don't have employees anymore because, right. you know, we talked about it generically at the top of the hour, but that's, you know, that's exactly right. I mean, it's if in the physical therapy business, the loyalty is to the actual practitioner, this model will probably start to creep in too. Yeah. I want to come back to that example of yeah, if sure. a physical therapist is like the rock star clinician and the, you know, patients come back because of, you know, Dr. Tom, Dr. Mary, the physical therapist, whatever. I want to come back to that. In the example of the physical therapy practice owner that has the open room, yes, and they might find you, you know, Cloud Med Spa or some other, I know others probably would use some other, I don't know, like not MindBody, not that platform, but like some other software or whatever. They would need to find the practitioners first, right? Before they even set up like what you have. They, they They would need to find some local estheticians or... I don't know, nurses or or nurse practitioners or whoever might be the actual licensed practitioner doing the Botox and the fillers and that type of stuff. Well, they would just have to market to them. I mean, I don't know how adjacent physical therapy is to aesthetics. My guess is there's a significant overlap in the patient base and the customer base. Sure. So two things that would help. A, they could probably ask their own patients, <laughs> hey, do you work with a an injector? Do you work with a laser? Do you work with a spa? Then you put me in touch with them because I have a great opportunity for this woman who's your injector. You work with me as a physical therapist, but you have an injector. That woman typically could be a man, but that injector, I can triple their income. They can come here and be their own 
you know, run their own business, empower them completely to be their own business. And they've probably been looking for an opportunity like that and say, how do I break out of the med spa? How do I get a better opportunity? How do I take control of my life? That's a, as big a thing. I mean, they triple their income typically, but more importantly, they set their own hours there. And we right. do everything. So you talked about mind, body, and other things. You can't use that software because that software is a patient-only based software. It's not a rental to... Yeah, it's more for booking, it's, right? Booking classes. Yeah, it's and... booking and it's it's from the spa. It's It sits between the spa and the patient. Ours sits between the landlord, the provider, and the patient, all three. And uh-huh. we also include all these connections to the vendors and getting greatly great price products and lasers and other things on a monthly basis. So you don't have to lay out the capital. You don't have to buy certain quarterly goals. You get our the benefit of our scale for you immediately, as well as the proper software. So I'm not trying to put down the others, but their business, their software, which is great, was built on the old W-2 model. Right. All right. So now... Let's get to another challenge, as we kind of alluded to, which is there's physical therapists out there that are being, I don't know, there's there's productivity demands. Sometimes they're burnout, they're overwhelmed, whatever. Many physical therapists are going out on their own, maybe doing mobile, so home visits, traveling to patients, okay. uh, taking out of network or, or just do out, out of pocket. And then maybe they're accepting Medicare. So they're billing Medicare for the Medicare beneficiaries, but then people that are maybe not Medicare, they're charging out of pocket. If there's a therapy practice owner that's watching or listening, mm-hmm. if they have a rock star clinician that yeah. is kind of demanding, like, hey, I'm, I don't know, like I'm making 80, 90, or 100K and, and they're like, they want to make 125K or something like that, with what you know from what you're doing, are there tips or strategies or even like your methodology of like, here's a way to maybe use your type of a structure to like not have them, like maybe they can set up a shingle in like a room in this type of a manner instead of them completely leaving your practice, and then they might take some of those loyal patients with them. Well, this is the problem now. So in an old world, you had non-competes, which were legal, and now one state after the other is shooting them down because... Right, right. And you still, even with non-competes, you can't stop people from generating a living. So that's point one. But the other one was non-solicits. So those were real and enforceable. The problem now is with social media, you don't need to solicit. I don't need to send an email or a flyer to my patients. There's no solicitation. I just post, hey, I'm rock star physician, Mary or Tom. You follow me on Instagram. I'm over here now having fun. Great times. You know, please come see me. You can't. I want to, you know, I just want you to come by and see me for a coffee. There's no law against that. So the solicitation thing is a moot point. It may be a legal point, but it's moot. It's completely moot in practice. So these clamps you had on your employees are gone. So I would submit, and I don't know physical therapy like you do, that if the loyalty is at least 20, 30, 50% to the actual practitioner, because I could only imagine... I've seen it in massage therapy too. You're you're having an intimate conversation and you become friendly, not not in any untoward way, but just, you know, you share experiences. And the loyalty then becomes to that, not to the sitting in the waiting room and, you know, the owner who you may never have met 
And so if that's the case, yes, the, the term in MedSpa, I didn't even realize it until a year in this business, called spa hopping. Maybe there's therapy practice hopping. And if that's the case, I don't see how the gravity doesn't go this way. Now, maybe the margins aren't big enough in physical therapy to make this economically feasible. I don't know that math. I know in medical aesthetics, the margins are, you know, really, really high. Uh, the gross dollars are very high. So you can charge, you know, significant hourly rents, even though it's easily absorbed by the the injection or easily absorbed by the margin that the provider is generating. It's kind of like cars. Like people say, you know, well, a car costs $50,000, you know, $36,500, you know, uh, for 10 years. So I should be able to rent a car for $10 a day. You should do the math. And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't work that way, you know, or I should be able to rent a car actually for 42 cents an hour. Well, come on. That's not the way it works. You have to make a margin and you divide it up so you can rent the rooms. It might cost you a couple hundred dollars a month or you can rent them for 50, 60 dollars an hour because they're making a several. They're making three, four, five hundred dollars of treatment and profit, profit, not in revenue, profit. So in the aesthetics industry, the math definitely works. And that's why I would talk to your audience and say, Consider this part first, because I don't know the margin structure and the physical therapy business. You were saying before it's pretty tight. Margins in the gross margins in medical aesthetics, we don't include the HR cost, which isn't here, or marketing. They're like 80 to 90%. And a lot of the procedures are like short. They're like not lengthy in time, right? They're, I don't know what. An experienced provider with a known patient, you know, not someone they're consulting the first time. 15 minutes. Now you can't reasonably do four in an hour, but you can certainly do three in two hours or two in one hour. I mean, very comfortably. So, I mean, that's why I do the math for everyone and say, you know, you do a, a neurotoxin treatment and I like to plug our two, <laughs> Galderma with Dysport and MERS with Zaman, their neurotoxins. But those things cost, the treatment costs, it's called roughly in New York, be like $500 for a treatment. You do two in an hour, two times 500 is 1,000. You charge the patient, so you as the provider get $1,000. You would probably pay about 40%, rough numbers, maybe 35% for the product. 35 through 50, call it 400 for simple math. You have $600 of profit for those two treatments, and you pay $100 for the room, for the hour. You walk out with $500, no rent, no utilities, don't even clean up. You just leave. And that is our example. We've had, they don't make 500 an hour over the time and they can't make it for 40 hours unless they're a machine, but they do make 250 to 300 an hour. And they typically, what our normal example is they're working 10, 12 hours a week. So they're making $3,000 a week profit. Now they probably have some social media costs, medical directorships, but they're clearing 120, working 10 to 12 hours a week, as opposed to being a nurse, working three shifts of 12 hours, making 80K. You make 50% more money, work a quarter of the time on your own schedule. What I get usually from the nurses is, what's the catch? And I go, you've been caught already. You're just getting out of the trap. <laughs> so one of the things I wanted to ask you is, we were talking about a physical therapy practice owner that maybe has this extra room. And then you said, you know, hey, ask your patients, 
if they're using any aesthetic, you know, if they're going to an injector or, you know, if they happen to know anyone that is in that uh, aesthetic world or med spa world that's looking to like expand their hours or maybe have a different location and maybe you're going to run a room, hang out their own shingle, or maybe they're at a med spa already, but that person, that injector is only there two or three days a week. And maybe they were, they're looking for an extra day or two, or I don't know, like you said, by the hour. So, you know, one or two evenings a week or whatever it might be one or two mornings a week. That's one way that physical therapy practice owners could find someone to be interested in the space and then utilize the space in whatever fashion, depending on the, the provider. Yeah, if it's one room, like I said, the math would say you probably only if you're going to if you have five providers, they'll probably use, like I said, the good ones, 10, 12 hours a week. You're full already. You know, you're full. You may not even be able to eat five or they maybe eat five that average five hours a week. And you're going to get twenty five hundred bucks or three thousand bucks for your room for the week. I mean, that's paying for that room five times over, you know, so and that's a hundred square foot room. I mean, the math is is so powerful. The economic math is so powerful for all the different. I mean, I, I, I think the, the the message is kind of the same. I think that they should. And oh, by the way, the last thing I would add for sure is you could get injectors to find out about them from your patients. But then once the injector comes in, you now can cross market. You can say to that injector too, not only do you get the room all these capabilities, the products at wholesale, you have a extra patient base from our patients that might want injectable treatments. You could, you're more than welcome to market to them. So you're just like, oh my God, now I really have a gold mine to offer an injector. And then vice versa, you say to the injector, by the way, let's co-market. All your patients may have some pain or kink or something they want to work on you have them in the same space. That's cross marketing at zero marginal cost. Right. So that's where, and plus with like trust and word of mouth, it's basically like word of mouth marketing where the injector could say, Hey, or the, the therapy practice owner could kind of coach the injector and say, Hey, yeah, these are the, you know, we see back pain and sciatica and, you know, post-surgical or neck pain and headaches or dizziness and vertigo. And so you could kind of coach the injector and say, Hey, these these are our ideal clients or here's the types of folks that we help you know here's our rates or the insurances that we might take or whatever and then the injector the the practitioner could like you said refer some of their base to the therapy office and vice versa the therapy office could then say hey we off we also offer this service now with you know this injector even though the injector and and the whole cloud med spa room it's kind of like they're two different businesses they're they're separate but it's referring the same audience or the same community. And there's no, I mean, it, it, it's better than Google ads or Facebook ads that you have to pay per click or pay per lead or conversion. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you've probably, I'm sure there, there are examples of this where gyms talk to physical therapy, business yep. cross market and give each other patients and there's no conflict. There's no competition for those patients. You're doing two separate services. Same thing would apply here, but they'd be in literally the same room. You can make the physical introduction to people. Right. I think that would be uh, the ideal, like, you know, walking folks over vice versa and be like, oh, well, yeah. we offer this or take a look in this room or, you know, take a brochure or whatever it might be. You don't have to be like overly, you know, salesy or direct about it, but just like offering, like showing your your clientele, here's also what we offer here or what else is available here. Yeah, it may actually become a differentiator. 
do versus the other physical therapy. They don't have these services on site. They don't have people, you know, that they've dealt with and they trust, you know, right here. Got it. What, uh, what are any, what are some of the downsides? Like injectors will find a room somewhere at some, let's say like there's these med spas that Mm -hmm. an injector is like, I'm going to leave. And then the the med spa like, no, no, no. Like, you know, you're great or whatever. Pop up your own shingle. You can have this room and pay me, you know, pay a, a, a fixed rent of, I don't know, 200 bucks a month, 500 bucks a month, 1000 a month, whatever, for however many hours or whatever. And they totally cut you out. Now, of course, they have to, you know, mash together their own software with scheduling and booking and, and all that type of stuff. And, you know, accept credit cards or, or whatever. But, I mean, but I think most med spots won't do that. Some will, I'm sure. But most won't because now you create a revolution. I've now given one person special treatment. Everybody else is like, well, wait a second. That person's on a special deal where they just get, I want that deal. I want that deal. Now, what they end up with, I hope that's what happens too, because then the owner says, what the hell am I doing? Why I am I in this stupid place where we're fighting? We should be aligned. I want to make rent. You want to make money on your customers. You go get them. You market to them. You keep them. They're yours because you get the value out of them. Now, a smart provider will try to say, I'm going to milk this cow until the cows come home, you know, and screw the owner, basically, good ones, and say, I'm just going to take the customers, but I'll be here as long. And by the way, you find it is very hard for new providers to be hired. Mm. So they're, they're already, it's a slippery slope. Like, it's very hard. Most providers that we find that are new say, I've been trying to get a spot. Now, maybe they were naive. Maybe they weren't. Uh, saying I can go there and get a salary and build a book of business and then be able to take it. I don't know if they've thought that fully through. I don't want to, you know, ascribe ill intent, but that's the logical path. And so the owners have now said, yeah, you have to have an experience to come here. You have to have two, three years experience. Now, if this model's out there, they're slowly being eaten from both sides. Got the it. best in spa hop, they won't hire the new ones. They're getting caught in a very, very narrow window. And at some point, I think they pull the plug. Got it. All right. I want to wrap up and be respectful yeah. of your time. I got to run too. Last question. So you said you're where up in Boston, correct? Yeah, I'm up in Boston. We have a location in Dallas, but we have third-party locations that have taken us up on this Cloud Medspa offer from Beverly Hills, Chicago, North Carolina. You can reach me. I guess that's where you're going. No, no, so, no. So, so let's say, so I'm in Brooklyn, New York. The, yeah. the, my, my last question was not, are you in Boston? So let's say I leave Brooklyn, New York. I come up to Boston. I don't know anyone at all, but I'm me. Oh. Like I'm a physical therapist, uh, yeah. previous practice owner. Let's just say I come up to Boston. I don't know anybody. I hear oh. about Cloud Med Spa. I'm like, I'm going to open up a Med Spa. Where Am I marketing mostly to the practitioners? And then the practitioners are going to find their own clientele. Yes. Or yes. as a as a owner of this space, if I'm going to you know lease out this space and I'm going to get the machinery and, and I'm going to get the... No, there's- Practitioners in there. can be done on a monthly basis. Yeah, you pay our upfront fee of 10K, but you don't pay any other fixed fees. You don't have to come to Boston. By the way, do it in Brooklyn. You right. Don't have I could. No, no, no. We have them all over. I'm just, I'm just saying if I was going to a new area that like I didn't know anyone, yeah. I didn't have any so, connections. Yeah, you go to St. Louis and you, yeah, all you need to do is find the real estate and find the, the, the local providers and boom. You know, I mean, that, I'm not trying to minimize that. But our fellow in Chicago, who's not from the industry, in less than 60 days, had 12 providers. 
talked to 300 on the phone. He put in the elbow grease. This guy is my hero. But he just pounded away, pounded away. It's funny how hard work produces results. And that's what happened. Very interesting. Iggy, really appreciate your time. Check out cloudmedspas.com. What's another good place, whether it's LinkedIn yeah. or email address or anything? If yeah, someone wants email to email address. You. Yeah, email. Sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you. No email address, uh, info at cloudmedspas.com or sales at cloudmedspas.com. And I give out my cell phone. People want to call me. I will talk to them. I love to talk to customers. 415-613-2640. 415-613-2640. Dave, I had a great time. Thank you for having me as a guest. Iggy, thank you very much. If you found this valuable, go ahead and subscribe to the Dave Kittle Show on YouTube as well as on iTunes and Spotify. We'll catch you next time here on the show. Iggy, thank you very much. All right. Thanks. Hey, it's Dave Kittle. Are you a healthcare business owner or physical therapy practice owner who is looking to figure out your succession plan or exit strategy? We might be able to help. And in fact, we may be interested in acquiring your practice. If you're interested, you can reach out to me. Shoot me an email at dave at conciergepainrelief.com. That's D-A-V-E at C-O-N-C-I-E-R-G-E, painrelief.com. Or you can call me at any time, 646-781-8884.